G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast with our AFL Fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars, we're going to talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kays, how you going mate? Not too bad Hef, yourself? Yeah, not too bad, uh, it was uh, the first work day I've had of summer so far I think, oh wait. No, it's not. I've had a few days. But anyway, uh, I spent my whole day today playing golf is what I'm trying to get at, Case, You just live the dream, don't you? Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, I, I work as a teacher, as many people know. Um, the last week of school, I get to take a bunch of kids playing golf, but it's really just an excuse for me to go out and have a hit and let the kids just kind of walk around the golf course for the day. So it's been get, a pretty good day for me. Well, how's get, your day been, Case? Get paid to play golf, have what, 16 weeks off a year? I'm basically Jesus. a professional golfer. Jesus. I get paid to play live golf. live the dream, don't you? <laughs> I really, really do. Um, How was your day? Yeah, nothing too crazy. Just... Um, you know, just I'm, I'm just really preparing for Christmas. You know, like I'm in that mindset. I'm like, everything's working down. Okay. Got a yeah. golf trip coming up this weekend, test matches the weekend after, then it's basically Christmas. So, like, all my next weekends are, like, up and about. I'm excited. Well, I guess we should apologise to our Perth listeners or commiserations for losing the test today, I heard. Which well, is don't bit, lock us out, you sad. bloody state. <laughs> it's a beautiful state. I can understand why they want to keep it to themselves. But, uh, yeah, it'd be nice if we could come in every now and then and have a look. Very nice. <laughs> Some great beers out of WA, as we know, case, But uh, we won't get into that tonight. What are we going to get into tonight? So, tonight we are going to talk all the position changes. So, uh, Hollywood Hef has got the leak from, I don't know, Gil McLaughlin, I assume. Yeah, that's um, who it's from. Straight Gil at afl.com.au sends the email through and we've got the positions so we're going to go through all of them now we're not going to be talking about your Laird's Taranto's Mitch Duncan type so we're going to talk about the the um you know the keeper leg guys yeah so the guys, the guys that, are that, relevant. Are, that aren't 2g4p exactly because I, I figure like yes Laird loses back status but he's a lock for keeping everyone's going to keep him no one's going to delist him because he's at mid only he was one of the high scoring players so that's the that's the basis behind that so we'll talk about those guys more when we get to our preseason rankings when we obviously put our rankings out for um you know startup drafts so we'll get into that later but look these are all the guys that you'll probably be tossing up over the next you know what is it, 100 days i think until the the season starts something like that it uh, um, sounds like a long way away but it really isn't when it starts yeah it? it is so we'll be talking about the guys that you know you'll lose sleep over because you don't know whether to keep them in your, your final 12 or 16 or whatever so hopefully we'll give you a bit of an insight there but before we get on to that Hef um, we put out a little um, what's it called a resource last week uh, yeah. the Drafty Fantasy Guide so if you guys haven't checked that out uh, I think it's available to all gold members all right? members all members you just so you have, have to, to be, a to be a member yep. and you Bronze, get this silver, gold doesn't matter what you are 10, 11,000 words about a 34 page document yep uh, we basically go through every draftee taken this year uh, and just kind of look at them from a fantasy perspective so um, a super super valuable resource to you know all keeper league players but also, you know, if you are into your fantasy classic, <coughs> um, you know, it's good for your cash cows and all that kind of stuff too. So, um, we kind of get into, you know, who you should be picking up from the start of the season and potentially who's to follow in the couple of years time. That's correct. Uh, also, last week uh, too, we had a uh, we recorded a podcast on our top twelve mm-hmm. uh, fantasy draftees. So we pick out the top twelve fantasy scorers from their underage scoring, and uh, yeah, we think who you know have a look who we think might translate to the AFL level, or players we think might get a game early, or mm-hmm. you know if they do get a game next year, they might score okay from a fantasy perspective. So there's a bonus episode for members out there as well. So there's lots of good stuff going on for members at the moment. And probably just touch on that. So we're not only going to talk about any of those players tonight because uh, annoyingly eleven of 
of the 12 players are mid onlys, which uh, obviously doesn't help the spread. But I suppose the one guy that stood out um, in our top 12, that's a DPP, is Josh Rachelli. So probably one you should be looking at um, for your forward spots in all on all sides, I reckon, yeah, this year. So that's the only draft we'll talk about tonight is mm-hmm. Josh Rachelli. We've mm-hmm. already talked about him, really. That's it. That's it. <laughs> he's, he's a Ford. He's a Ford. Yeah, Ford, <laughs> and he's a, he's a good scorer. So he's one we could actually think about. But yeah, um, we kind of talk, we don't really put too much emphasis on midfielders in this podcast um, mm-hmm. because they're a bit boring. We'll talk about players that might have lost, you know, forward status to be a midfielder and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, anything like that, we won't really discuss too much. It's more about the DPPs, um, the guys you can play in your, your harder to uh, fill positions, mm-hmm. really. But before we get stuck into the main pod, we got a few mm-hmm. things. And now, Kays, I actually left the Remedy Kombuchas down the other end of the house. I'm very thirsty. So. I, I swear I had them, but uh, now I can't really run off the uh, stream. I might not be able to get through the whole show without a remedy. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry about that. Uh, we might be able to send a text to my partner down the uh, hallway, <laughs> see if she can deliver them down. But uh, I have no idea what I just did with them. I must have put them somewhere. But anyway, um, yeah, there's that. But also, yeah, we're streaming this podcast live as well. So you might notice if you are watching the stream, there's a chat box up in the top uh, or the right-hand side of the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you uh, actually want to have a look uh, and you know ask us a question or interact with us live or make a funny comment or try to make us giggle throughout the podcast, uh, just Jump on the stream and uh, yeah, post something on there. I'll try to keep it pretty clean though, if possible. But yeah. Anyways, guys, we're going to get stuck into it. So first up, we're mm-hmm. going to be looking at the losses. So yep. these are the players that were handy last year in keep leagues, mm-hmm. but have now lost essentially forward, back, or ruck status. Mm-hmm. Not many people lose ruck status, but yeah, the players have lost you know, handy status um, and how it's going to have an impact on the, um, our fantasy sides. So who's up first, guys? Yep. The first one, which is probably going to be a conundrum for a few coaches, I reckon, is Matt Kennedy. So uh, he was a centre forward. DPP last year, he's lost the forward status, so he's a mid only. So ended up the season pretty well, averaged 85.9 and averaged 95.4 in his last five, including three tons. So came home like an absolute freight train. I was pretty stoked with him in my uh, my team in the podcaster's leg. Now, I'd almost go like if Colton hadn't changed their list, I'd almost go, yep, I reckon he's worth holding as a mid only. However, We've seen the arrival of Adam Chera and we've seen the arrival of George Hewitt. Now, both have kind of been pegged to play that inside mid kind of role, which Kennedy was playing last year. So the big question is, what does that mean for Matt Kennedy? So it does kind of take him from almost an automatic keeper to probably not. So if you were in that boat, look, we kind of base all these projections on our home leg, which is keeping around 16 players. So I take that in mind when we chat about it. But look, I, I think it's an incredibly risky play because we know that he can kind of go in and out of favour at the Blues. Like he'll play five games in a row, go yeah. bananas, and then just play VFL for five games. So just because we don't know what's going to happen with that side week to week, um, it's just hard to recommend him as a keeper after losing that forward status. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and it's just the, the midfield at Carlton actually looks kind of competitive at the moment, mm. uh, especially bringing in um, yeah Chera and uh, Hewitt. We talked about it before. Um, we actually have a question in the chat already. We're just saying, will George Hewitt be relevant? Um, I think he thinks no because he's going to tag every game, but he's named as a defender, so mm. he may actually be relevant, but we'll just address that one now while we're on the topic of Carlton. But uh, yeah, no, nah, Kennedy, I'm not fan on without that forward status, but I think that was pretty expected anyway to not be... Yeah, this year anyway. It's true. So doesn't you know? It's not a shock to anyone, so it doesn't really matter. Probably one that was a bit more shocking was um, Daniel Howe. Okay, so mm. he was a back and midfielder last year. He's a mid only this year, shockingly. So um, yeah, this kind of sucks because he was a super reliable defender option last year, especially mm-hmm. for players that um, I took him off the waiver wire and things like that. So he was a generally pretty popular waiver pickup by many coaches last year. Mm-hmm. I still think he's worthy of a spot in deeper leagues, but in a league like ours where you're keeping sixteen, what do you average yep. seventy nine to eighty? Mm-hmm. 
uh, surely you've got someone better that you could take a punt on or something like that than you'd be taking over Daniel Howe, don't you reckon? It's risky because obviously new coach, you don't know exactly where Sam Mitchell wants to play him. The issue with Hawthorne is you go, oh, you could go back and play defence again, but their back line is so good at the moment. You know, Will Day, Scrimshaw, uh, Jath, you know, the list goes on in terms of good halfback flank running kind of role. So, um, and as a pure wingman, it's a hard role to kind of score regularly. So, yeah, I think he's got to go back in the pool in most most leagues. Yeah, I agree too. Uh, Jai Caldwell Kays. Now, this absolutely breaks this my heart. It hurts you. It sucks because, like, you just didn't get to use him. Mm. So, you got one and a half games in season. You got a final, but fantasy's over. got a ton in round one, then. Did he? Yeah. A ton? Yeah. I did, did not know that. It was like a ton and 19 or something like that. I looked at his stores this week. I did not know I was in time. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, that doesn't. I obviously mustn't have appreciated. I must have blocked no. it. My mom. The season was that bad. You were trying to tank around one anyway, so you've been <laughs> upset. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, that one sucks because uh, yeah, Jai Caldwell losing four status. Um, yeah, that hurts us a bit. But uh, yeah, anything else you want to add on that one? Like, I think he goes straight into that midfield. I think he can be a very good scorer. There's no way in hell you'd be dropping him, would you? Um, or would you? No. Well, my team sucks though, so mm. it's very hard to drop him on my side. In a good side, it might be hard to keep keep him there but I'm not sure um, but I'm, I'm definitely keeping him yeah mm. 61 in the elimination final basically scored all his points in that first half and then um, yeah just basically fell asleep in the second half of that game like most of the Bombers players but um, <laughs> I think I think I'd keep him but I am biased so yeah I'm very biased uh, Tom Phillips is the next one so probably 2021's most disappointing player from a fantasy perspective I would say um, has lost his DPP centre forward status and now is a mid only uh, averaged 73 in the end last year and um, uh, last five was a 72.8 average with the one ton. So I think it was his only ton. I scored it with about three games to go, I think. So um, it's going to be heartbroken because people would have maybe drafted him high in new leagues. Um, they would have put a lot of faith in him as that as that forward role. But look, he had five scores in the 50s last season. Um, new coach could mean new role, um, but not likely. He's going to play that pure winging role, which doesn't always correlate to good scores. So I think you'd be a brave man to keep him um, as a mid only. Yeah, I think, yeah, as a mid-only. The thing is, he's every chance to go, I guess not at Hawthorne, but at Collingwood, he always like would sneak up forward, so there's a chance to get that forward status again. But I think mm. they've firmly got... There's just so many wingers, though, and stuff at, mm. at Hawthorne. So there is a chance that he could regain it at some stage. But I think even if he if he does, we saw him play like a fair midfield time last year and didn't actually score that well anyway, so it mm. probably doesn't really matter. But there is a chance he could regain, I think, at some stage. But whether that's still a fantasy relevant... I wouldn't hold him really. on the basis of him getting it yeah, back. Yeah, no, no, you no. never do that. That's probably golden rule that we should be teaching our uh, listeners or anyone who's new to keeper leagues. You don't, or draft in general, you don't draft a player hoping they change their position, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, who's next? Josh Dacos. So, a bit of a surprising one. He yeah. uh, is back to mid only. Um, he was um, centre 40 in the AFL fantasy for those guys who played keepers there. So, uh, had a Probably a down year in what we expected. So, average 71.4. Came home with a 73 in his last five. <sighs> he, he, like, promised the world a couple of years ago. And Absolutely. last year delivered an atlas, really. So, um, I'm just not sure what to do with someone like Dacos. He's on that that borderline where I think you'd feel sick if you put him back in the pool when he comes out and could yeah. average 90. Yeah, you true. Know, Collingwood are genuinely in a rebuild. So, do they throw him and his brother the keys to the midfield, you know, um, with guys like Pendlebury and Sidebottom on the, on the way out? Um, yeah. I don't know. Hey. It's almost come down to your personal taste, I reckon. Yeah, I think it's, it's a punt because he's either... Oh, just because of the way he performed a couple of years ago, it's like really difficult to put him back. But like, I guess this is stating the obvious. He's either going to go big or he's going to be shit. One yeah. of the two, and you've just got to take that punt. 
is he one who could grab forward status? Like if they if they go up, kids, you're all playing in the midfield. Yeah. Um, could he be one that rotates forward with Lipinski yeah. as a straight swap kind of thing? I don't know. There's actually a question later asking me who do I think might regain uh, DPP at some mm. stage, and I had him in there as one. Yeah. Ooh. Well, just because I feel like the midfield is kind of. I don't know. It becomes like it's it, sorry. It's it's just kind of so deep. Well, it's not it's not deep. It's just hard to tell who the actual midfield is going to be. Mm. Like we talked about this on the um the drafty podcast. You know, you've got Pendlebury did play in a few different positions this year, but they, I think they're most likely still going to use in the midfield. Um, you've got uh, Taylor Adams, who's a, a gun, who's going to be mm. playing in there. Um, another. Uh, Facebook comment just come through that um, Lipinski is probably going to be relevant in mm-hmm. there now, especially because Penelope's fractured his leg. But I don't know yep. if that's, I don't know if that's going to keep him out of heaps of next season. Mm. Um, but anyway, um, and then you got you know the, the Browns. You've got people I like Sidebottom will play basically forward. Yeah, this year, that's the whole yeah, year. I yeah. put him in there. But then you've got Finlay McRae that they were using in there for bits mm. and pieces. Like even though the midfield's not great, it's who are their midfielders. Mm. And I think they still might rotate a few through there, which yeah. means like they might, you know, be some DPPs and stuff going on. New coach. Anything yeah. can happen. Exactly. That's the thing. Anyway, uh, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, Brandon Parfit. So, so this is uh, relevant to the, um, I guess, the AFL fantasy format, not ultimate footy. But uh, he was a centre forward at the end of last season in the AFL fantasy format. He was only a centre only in ultimate footy anyway, but he's become a centre only um, in all of the formats now, I guess, until ultimate footy release is what they do but um yeah look he only gained it late in the season so it's not like it's a huge shock to anyone or people think probably just got hopeful that he might keep her i reckon mm, mm. but um yeah if you look at their midfield it consists of you know cam guthrie i guess duncan can play back and and sometimes half forward and on a wing as well so depends where he plays but then you've got Dangerfield, um you got isaac smith who's more of an outside player man goal is more of an outside player selwood still rolls through there it's just i don't think He's only 23, 23 years old, so I don't think he's going to play anywhere else but midfield for for the time being. I thought, you know, there was times last year where you th- thought he might have been phased out a little bit more and being put forward, and that's obviously why he got forward status. But I think towards the end of the season, he came back as one of their midfielders. And because he's so young, they I feel like Geelong's midfield is just so old and slow. It just looks like a midfield that's not going to win a premiership. Do you agree? Is that harsh? Or, or this is, this is got to I keep saying each year, but surely this is their last chance. Yeah. Like they haven't really, you know, topped up with any... High class players, correct. Off my head, yeah. you know they're yeah. gone again. They've added, you know, Segler in there to help in the ruck, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be the first six to ten weeks of Geelong's season is going to basically say where they're at. I reckon because yeah. if they're not winning well, you know, they've probably got enough kids that they can start generating a bit of youth in that. In yeah, that no, I I agree, but yeah, the thing is like. Yeah, I don't know. I just think they need to actually yeah, start playing someone like Parfit as one of their kind of main midfielders if they want him to kind of continue, you know, the legacy of, you know, the, the current midfielders they got and kind of start breeding the next generation. So, yeah, I agree. If they start to actually, you know, drop off a little bit, then someone like Parfit, I think it's going to be one of their main midfielders that they're going to go to. So, I don't see him getting forward status, but there is a chance because it happened last year. And, you know, if they're in the, if they're in the hunt, then they might put him up there as well. So, mm. we'll have to wait and see on that one. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, let's move on to, uh, to one that's very you're very fond of, and that is uh, your boy. This is a heartbreaker. Harry Schoenberg. Yes, he's lost his forward status. He's down to a mid only, which is obviously no surprising to anyone who saw him play last year. Um, ended the season with a 69.4 average, um, averaged 83.8 in the last five, including a ton in that time. He just came home like an absolute freight train. I reckon he even had you back flipping, didn't he? Yeah, I was on board. Oh, yeah. I was on board as, um, as a forward. But no, I did actually. No, he did had a few good performances where they kind of let him do what he wants, and he scored well. And he's good at doing that. Willie, uh, when, when, when they're not trying to develop and play seriously, really. Look at her. It hurts, but 
My thing is that no one's breaking down a midfield spot in that side just yet. So, like, Matt Crouch may return. He may not. Like, I don't even know if he's training still. Um, Jordan Dawson's arrived, yes, but he's that outside yeah. wing kind of player. Yeah. So, it doesn't actually hurt him. Nothing's going to hurt him in that engine room. Comes into his third year, and we all know that third year means breakout year half. So, I'm expecting that 69 to turn into maybe like an 85 this year. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. 85? No, I don't think so. What do you reckon? I think maybe 80 if you're lucky. 85? Yeah. 85. Like, you've got Crouch to come back in. Like, he would just eat up heaps of fantasy scoring. If he plays. Yeah, if he plays. That's true. I don't even know. Like, Rory Sloan's getting old. Like, what's he going to do? Yeah, I just don't see him. I still don't see him as the- It's going to be and Harry in there just fucking absolutely- I just don't see him as the accumulator type. It's more the in and under kind of. He's such a- Absolute beast. Yeah. Well, like, if you're still on your team, because you don't even hold the faith, you traded him. I was going um, for a flag. You traded him. Yeah, that was never going to happen. You traded him for Lockie Hunter. Hunter which yeah. Is yeah. Horribly. Lost. They're both we'll lost forward status. Hooray. <laughs> we'll talk about that. So, uh, are you re- well, let's go first of all. Are you regretting yeah. that decision to trade him now? Uh, no, because I thought Hunter was going to give him the best out. The okay. best chance. And I've, I've actually- And uh, the point oh, yeah. was, I've traded out Bose who stunk and Hearn who was on fire. So, it's like- it works out. All right, so the second, still a keeper. I haven't lost a keeper. Second question is, would you be keeping Schoenberg? If you yes, I think so. The I'm a big one. I don't know. I think you are too. You Always good to see a player's last five average Yeah, and see where that's kind of trending. And I think if you popped Harry Schoenberg into your precious um, breakout tracker, I reckon he'd be flying. Uh, I think it's pretty low because his start was dismal. But um, I think he'll, if he has another season like that, he'd be fine. But like... I don't know. I just feel like they were just trying things with Schoenberg and it might not be a true, these last five might not be a true representation of what's going forward. I think, you know, when, once you're out of the finals hunt, you do a few different things. Like some of the midfield roles you had were pretty ridiculous that he got in there. So I don't know if they'll do that if they're fully fit and things like that. But that said, I do think he's a good player. I don't think he will progress. I'm just not sure he's going to be the 100 plus, 110 85, plus. 85. Next season. Oh, Who else is feeling it? I'm know. feeling it. Post on the chat if you feel that uh, Harry Schoenberg is going to average 85 plus uh, next season. Anyways, we'll move Chad's on light up. to Chad <laughs> Warner. Yes. Uh, Another one that I have in my stable has lost forward status. He's a mid only. Uh, average Do you have any forwards left? Uh, my forwards left are like Aaron Norton, Jordan Goey, who may or may not be allowed to play ever again. And that's about it. Or oh, Ben Ainsworth. Uh, but I do have Tim English and Luke Jackson okay. as ruck forwards. So that I feel I might be able to get a nice ruckman in. I can play them as my forwards. That might be my, okay, cool. my kind of thing. Anyway, Warner. Uh, it was always coming. He played in that midfield from the start. Um, and I don't reckon, unlike, yes, Schoenberg and Warner average exactly the same, but what we saw from Schoenberg is his big late half, whereas Warner was injured round 12, didn't see him again until the elimination final, um, and only had 35 points there. He did turn up in round three, so he, he can really do it. And I think when he was up and firing fantasy-wise, um, their midfield had a few guys out, so he was just taking advantage of that spot. Now, I like it because, you know, Kennedy's getting older, um, Parker's getting older, and he's a guy that can genuinely play forward. So, you know, they can inject someone like Water in there. But their midfield just runs so deep. Like, you know, Goulden, Campbell, you know, Stevens. Um, you do, there's just so many players that can go through there. So, um, for me, I'm lucky he's a he's a rookie in our league, so I can just um, upgrade him for free. But free if I was going to – if we if he was in my, my pool, I don't think I'd be able to keep him now with no forward status. Yeah, forward status. Well, forward status is hard. Like, like you basically said, it's just so hard to – pick who their midfielders are mm. and who their next generation midfielders are yep. as well so you've got you know Parker and Kennedy and things like mm. that up there but like who their next generation is going to be we saw at the end of last year just they rotated so many players well, like through Mills there. goes through yeah. there now obviously yeah, exactly. like you know Heaney yeah. can pinch hit so it's just yeah. like 
They've, they've got so much talent there and it's not funny. Yeah. And like, yeah, we just saw, you know, we'd see Papley go in there randomly for a week and then not go in the next mm. week. And then we saw McInerney go in there for a week mm. and not go in the next week. And it's just like, is Warner the next guy? Who knows? Like, it, mm. and, you know, and they've got a few kids coming yeah. through. I'm like, keen on him. I think he's going to be a great player. Yeah, so I, just, I. I just can't um, put the faith in him that he's going to be keeper worthy I think yeah like going, that's going that's basing it on our league where we keep 16 like if you got a deeper league which I've oh. got him in a dynasty league I'm yeah. keeping oh, him like, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's fine um, we've just had uh, AJS Hawker uh, who's a big fan of the show who keeps the uh, uh, Facebook algorithm going by liking all of our posts he's wrote uh, go, he wrote go the Berg on there so hell yeah um, he's all aboard Schellenberg for this season so and uh, another Facebook user actually said uh, Sheldrick to replace Kennedy in 2023 and I don't mind that because he had a bit of fantasy pedigree uh, as, a, as a rookie as well so anyway mm. let's move on to Luke McDonald <laughs> he is gone I think so yeah he was a defender now he's a centre Fantasy wise, footy wise, maybe no, no. Fantasy wise, I reckon he's gone anyway. Um, he had that super cushy roll across halfback uh, in 2020. That was taken by Zebul, and uh, then Aaron Hall took it over from him. Basically, played in a wing after returning from injury last year. Um, and then with Demont gone, he probably just stays in that wing. I think as well. Um, he's just not worth it as a mid only. He's just throwing back. No, yeah, I don't. Not know. not from what we saw last year. Yeah, definitely not. He just couldn't get into the game. I don't. But the thing is, I don't know if it was just from being injured so much. Mm. Like it took a while because another one we'll talk about later is Jed Anderson, who really was slow um, going into the once once he came back from injury. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they're limiting or something. But it's just too risky to, if, especially again referring back to Alec, if you only got sixteen to yeah. risk a spot on a guy like him. But if you go on the pure role, like Zebul and Hall can't play the wing role, whereas McDonald can play the wing role. Yeah, and so I don't think they're going to swap. Yeah, yeah, okay. makes yeah. No, that's fair enough. Speaking right. of guys who, yeah, probably didn't do as well as we thought, Lockie Scholl, he's lost his back status. He's a mid only. Only averaged a 67.3 last year. We thought he was absolutely going to be the next big thing. He had three tons in the first five games of the year. Um, and obviously that Dawson arrival for me doesn't help him personally. Plus, will we see Wayne Miller a fit? Not sure. But... Um, I still think there's a chance that he could be a handy player and he could actually get that back status back. But at the moment, he's a risky, risky hold. Yeah, I agree. Mm. So like you'd want him if he had back status. And I think he's actually a player. Again, another one in the questions I've already, I'm already answering now. I think he's a player that will also probably get back status back. Mm-hmm. Cause if I, you know, with um, Dawson coming into the side. Dawson and Seedsman are the wing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's going to have to play somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, he might, you know, rotate through that, but I reckon he might get back status back. So again, he's one you might pick up late in anticipation. Mm-hmm. Um, don't go early on him, but uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm off Lockie Shell at the moment. He's just as well, like his disposal is pretty bad. So I don't think they actually like playing him at the moment because they want to try to actually improve their skills, the Crows, and actually use the footy a lot better. And I think he's got to improve in that area before he's actually even solidified his spot on the side too. Hef's hot, first hot take of the, uh, the preseason. Geordie <laughs> uh, Clark is another one who's lost defender status. He's a mid only this season, which really, really hurts. Uh, only averaged 56.4 last season. Came home with a 79 average in a couple games. Look, new club, new opportunities. So is this a guy you could take a punt on? Look, there's so many fantasy coaches that absolutely love uh, Jordan Clark. But look, as he goes to a mid-only, there's just so much risk there. And he's one like, it's funny, like Frio's midfielder are kind of like we're talking about with um, Collingwood. Like they're young, they're up and coming. What role will he play there? Would he go in the middle? Um, is he a wingman there? Like can he replace a, um, an Aisha and Acres on the wing? Is he going half back? But then you've got um, guys like Tucker and Young. So it's just like, I'm not sure where he fits. So therefore, I can't really go on with too much confidence with him. Yeah, I've got absolutely no idea. Yeah, especially on that wing. Like everyone talks, you know, Chera leaving and he was playing on the wing a bit last year, but you know, um, 
sorry, the guy that came from uh, Gold Coast, Will, Will Brody. Brody. Um, yeah, Will Brody coming in. Like, who gets that wing role? It's yeah, it's too hard to say at the moment. Like, as a fantasy scorer, he's definitely got the game for it. He's oh, yeah. definitely the type. Yeah, but I think you need that halfback role for him to be fantasy relevant. So if he's going to be fantasy relevant, he'll get DPP anyway. Yeah, and if he's not. He, like if he's in the midfield, I'm happy to be... take him as a flyer in a draft. Yeah, but exactly. I just don't think I can keep him in a 16. Not someone you're going to go super early on. No. Yeah, you've kind of given him enough chances now. You're, oh, ready, yeah. you're ready to mm. just pick someone else and yep. let him slide. And, yep. Yeah, take him. See what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Miles Bergman's the next one. So he was so handy last year, listed as a uh, back and a forward. He's now mid only. So mm. this one sucks, but I did see it coming because, um, as you know, I watched. I think he was going to get defender status though. No, maybe. I know he played a lot of wing, but like. Yeah. Oh, you hear me out here, but like, yeah, like I watched Port, you know, I obviously watch Port very closely. Yes. I uh, go to every game. And because a lot of the last ones were at home too, because of the finals and stuff like that. The ones like that, that you don't walk out early of. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did watch, I did walk out early in one of these, but it was still noticeable. Um, but yeah, so you, if you watch him, like I reckon when you're at the game, it's just so easy to notice who's yeah. at the centre bounce and stuff. Because sometimes even on the TV, they don't even show you the centre bounce or especially don't show you the wingman all the time as mm. well. So they zoom in or the camera pans mm. uh, straight away. So watching him super closely, he's basically just on every wing, like mm. at every CBA. So um, it was going to happen. Um, but the thing is, I just don't see it changing because they just use him so frequently in the end. So it's like him and Dersmar kind of were starting on the wings and Amon would, they'd kind of rotate and then Amon would either go in the middle, like as an inside midfielder or play on the wing and then he'd go to the bench. And it was kind of like a rotation Thing that they did mm-hmm. so I just don't think he's going to be moving to the defence anytime soon but there is a chance the thing is like DeMont comes in who played in a wing at, mm-hmm. at North Melbourne but I think Port want to use him as an inside midfielder because that was his kind of junior position mm-hmm. and he was kind of converted into an outside midfielder at North Melbourne and I, you see Port's kind of lack of grunt in that preliminary final. I think they just need a bit of depth in there and maybe seeing your body. That said, I still definitely think they want to, you know, develop your butters and try to get Rosie in there and all that sort of stuff. So mm. um, even Houston runs through there every now and then. I, do, I don't know how often he'll still do, still do that. But And then um, obviously um, the other red-headed Port Adelaide. I've just had a mental blank. Well, I'm true. I have mental blanks. Too much golf. Too much time in the sun today, I think. Um, Brain's gone to mush. Yeah, I'm I'm actually very tired. I've been awake since 4.30. But anyway, um, yeah, I think he's another one that they'll try to continue to develop through there. And they might... My point is, I'm going so far off the point. uh, I don't think... I don't think that um, Trent Dumont's going to affect him playing on the wing either. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, yeah. What what we really need... Would you keep him though? Oh, see, this is a hard one for me. I'm probably, he was definitely, if he had any kind of DPP, if he had back status, but I'm probably not now, which mm-hmm. kind of sucks. But also, I don't know who I'm keeping on top of a lot of these people too. So, yeah. <laughs> I kind of had them all sewn up. Like, this You've got to pretend that your on. team's good, Hef. That's yeah, exactly. It's a tough thing. Like, another player like Devin Robertson, who we talk about next, he's, mm. he's another player I've got. And I was like, I'm keeping this. Well, no, I wasn't always because I always thought he might lose forward status, but he's another one that I was so much more keen on with DPP. But, yeah, but he yeah. only averaged 49 last year. I know, but like the thing is he'll never get like, like a, a settled role or anything like that. But and he had a couple of games where he had some 80s or 79s mm-hmm. and 80s and things like that. So the thing is, he'd just be up and down because in some games, he wouldn't actually get in the midfield and in other games, he would. Mm-hmm. But like, he's another one that I expected Dev Robinson to miss it. And it just just makes him very hard to keep just because they've got that super oh, deep midfield. Possible yeah. for him to keep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but the thing the thing is that kind of keeps you coming in is he's got that junior fantasy pedigree where he was one of the, he was was the best fantasy scorer. Or if not draft. close to. Yeah, yeah. If not, yeah. So that's the one that keeps you sucked in but yeah like I just don't see him cracking that midfield full time so he needs that DPP he's the type of player though I don't think he plays and plays another position he plays when someone's injured goes into the midfield and then 
comes out. So, yeah, I'm not super keen on him. He's just one of those poor bastards who's stuck at a team where he's he's at a good team, which is what you want to be at. Yeah, exactly. Footy-wise, but you just- Yeah, that poor bastard. He's, <laughs> he's just got to bite his time, I suppose, in terms of getting a proper crack at what he's good at. Yeah, exactly. Um, Nick Cox, obviously, quite easily loses his back forward DPP. Mid only, uh, just- he basically played pure wing last year. Um, and once again, lucky for me, I can keep him on my rookie list. But um, yeah, definitely wouldn't keep him in a regular sized um, keeper league if you're playing um, your dynasties. I reckon he's worth stashing because I think he's got a bit of a unique um, ability to kind of play tall, play small in a way. But he's just good, got a good engine too. So interesting to see what where they play him this year, um, the Don. So that's a big question for me. So um, see if they we stick with him on the wing or he kind of moves forward or back. Just going back to Jordy Clark, few comments in the chat. Reckon Longmire has said he's going to play off halfback, and uh, yeah, so they must have said that at a press conference or something. So that's probably a bit more it's promising. That, yeah, yeah. So we can probably add him to the list of players that are going to. But once again, are you going to keep him on the chance that that yeah, happens? That's the hard thing. Well, I'm probably going to go earlier in the draft now if that happens though. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I think Jordan Clark's probably around. Two, three kind of player. Okay, that's that's higher than I would have thought, but I would have thought five, six type thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think just because just of Just because you've given him so many chances. Name and new opportunities. Anyway, we'll move on from Jordan Clark. Uh, let's move on to Finlay McRae. So he's gone from a centre forward to just a centre only. He only averaged 43 last year, but mm. he did come home like a house on fire. Um, he did have, well, house on fire. House on fire. 63.8. <laughs> well, like just a small little fire. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Like someone's a, waste paper basket. Yeah, you know, like when you like, you know, you set the oil on fire on the pan. Actually, I don't because I'm, I'm a sweet cook. But uh, when some people set the oil on fire, you just got to kind of pat it out and then it's fine. I've never actually set a pan on fire. Basically, that one, neither. But anyway, um, you're burnt toast, case. I do not. I'm actually quite a good cook. <laughs> okay. Actually, I think I've seen a bit of your work. It's not too bad. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Finlay McRae. Like, just with... I oh know, even with forward status, it would have been hard to keep him, I think, anyway. The thing is, like, he played the last four games of the season and was used heaps in the midfield. Mm. So, he averaged 55% of the CBAs in his last three games of 2021. But uh, I think Collingwood was just trying a few kids in different spots and stuff like that. I wouldn't mm. read into it too much, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yes. But for me, like, when guys like McRae or the guy we'll talk about next, Caleb Porter, his teammate also lost um, center forward status mid-only. When they've got that DPP there, you can almost – just have him as your last keeper and just because it's a free swing because if they go okay, especially with forwards that is, you know, this year and last year where it's been really tough to score with those guys, you can almost make a case for them. But when they get to the point and they're only averaging that mid-60s, it's hard as mid-only. Yeah. Um, like Porter in our um, uh, podcasters league, I've got him and he was basically, I penciled him to our 20th spot uh, because of that centre forward DPP. Now he's lost it. Um, and Tom Sparrow, who um, had it in AFL Fantasy World last year, but now has it across the board. So he basically comes into that position because I just need a few more forwards. Um, and I think Sparrow and uh, Poulter are kind of on the same path. So for me, that's a big decision. It's like, yep, they've got DPP, so I can make an excuse for for you know taking a punt on someone like that. Where you know Poulter, I'm I'm really keen on him long term, but I just think it unless your team's in massive rebuild mode or you're keeping a lot of players, I just don't think he's capable in most yeah um, most draft in most draft leagues. Yeah. Just again, for this, I just think it's important to specify. Yeah, you look at it two ways. You look at it if you're in a deep league or you're in a um, if you're in a mid-range like ours where you keep you know 12 to 16 mm -hmm. those are the kind of players that are harder to keep in those type of leagues but the deeper ones you're like you definitely think he's going to be good for the future yeah there's always like there's always new players to keep leagues that think it's like every time you besmirch a, a, a young player you're not playing the game right but you've, there's a lot of strategy if you've got less um, mm -hmm. if you've got less keepers that's for sure big time uh, Paddy Dacase the last loss <laughs> uh, wow he averaged 50.4 <laughs> last year and his lost forward status is a mid only um 
if that's not the biggest contender for a scrap heap in the whole entire world of fantasy, <laughs> I don't know what is. Yeah, especially with them bringing, bringing in a few midfielders as well. It's looking pretty grim, isn't it? Oh, down, down, putty down. <laughs> I mean, that's the new song maybe we need to maybe. go to. Anyway, uh, that's it for our losses. And we're going to get into the players that have gained DPP. So it's kind of like we've got through the negatives and we've got them yep. out of the way. Now let's get into the positives, Kays. The yep. players that have gained their dual position mm. uh, player status. So first up, I'm going to talk about this guy. And that is... He's your boy. Oh, I'm very excited about this one. So Jed Anderson has gone from a mid only to a forward only, I think. That's weird. But anyway... Um, his 2021 average was 80 on the 80 mark, right on a 79.7 if we're being specific. But he, that was, I'll talk about why that was that kind of, that kind of high ladder in a second. But yeah, I just like this one because a lot of owners were hoping for this one. So he missed round one, three injury last year. Round two, he had a whopping 126. It came in, just went absolute bang. Round three, he was on 46 at quarter time. And finished the game on 60 after being subbed out in the second quarter. So this guy can go big. Mm-hmm. If he's got a midfield role, he can score huge. Okay, but coming back from injury last season, he played the majority of the, the first game up forward and then rotated um, midfield forward basically for the rest of the year. So that's why he's got his forward status. But yeah, he averaged 74 from his last five, but that was, uh, that was returning from injury. So... The thing about him, though, is Hugh Greenwood now comes in. So that worries me because they're pretty similar type players. But mm-hmm. in the past, we've seen Cunnington um, and uh, Jed Anderson play in tandem before. So it's mm-hmm. not like he can't play with another inside ball mm-hmm. there. And, you know, Cunnington being out uh, with the um, with the cancer treatment he might be out for a while. So, yeah, it's, there is going to be some competition for that inside mid when, in, when he comes back. But um, I think at the moment it's not a huge concern just because we've seen him play with a, with a similar player before. But yeah, if he gets that midfield role back that he had in 2020, so if we work out BCV can, um, can, um, calculations into this, he averaged 104 in 2020 with BCV scoring. Mm-hmm. So he really has the potential, I think, to be the, almost the number one forward in the game if he can get back to his 2020 scoring. That's, what was the number one forward average this year? Uh, that's the biggest call I've ever heard in my life. I'll check that in <laughs> I a said second. potential, not but he Jed is. Anderson will be 28 next season, yep. which is is in the strike zone, in the strike zone, and he's center for DPP. So can I I say I didn't say he will be? I said he has the potential to be. Well, anyone has the potential to be. Well, he can score big. Like he can absolutely score big. And there's not a lot of forwards going around. That's true. Forwards are so scarce. Anyway, so this year the highest averaging forward was Aaron Hall, one hundred nine. Yeah, yeah. Dane Zorko, one hundred nine. And Jack Zebel 100 with only three players who cracked tons. So maybe I'll I'll rephrase that. Has the potential to be top three this year? He'll be a top 20, top 10. (laughs) Top 24. I'd be out there. Top 25 was 78.2. Yeah, I think he's going to have more than 78.2. If he's playing midfield, that is. If he's playing midfield, that's what I mean. If he's playing that midfield, 2020 midfield role, then he's got If you take his 29 average, he's a top 20 average player. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Jade Gresham's the next one. This is a big gift from the fantasy gods here. He only played three games last year, was injured in the third, did his Achilles. Um, averaged 73, but had games of 95, 107, and then the 17 in that injured game. So that brought his um, average way down. So his best season ever was 2019, where he averaged 83.4. Um, for me, yes, he was tracking beautifully last season, but I think he needs forward status to be relevant. He gets it this year. Um, I think he's already training uh, from what I read after that Achilles. So that's really good news. So, um, yeah, I think if you are a Jay Grishamon and you held the faith through his midfield year and his injured year last year, I reckon you're going to reap the rewards here and be licking your lips. It's just a player I take no notice of. I can't even provide a comment on that case. But if he's going to average 84, which he yeah, did yeah, in 2019, he's going to be a top 20 forward. So, Do you find there's just heaps of Saints that are just pretty bland? 
Um, yeah, they're all jacks or something. They do have Jack Steele, who's like the greatest fantasy player of yeah. all time. But I, don't know, I find a lot of them are just kind of – They're all similar. They're like cotton players. Yeah. yeah, pretty much actually. Yeah. Uh, another one that we backed oh, yeah. in last year. Um, I was a bit sceptical whether it might happen just based on the last few weeks of the season. But if we look at the well, season – the Oracle whole, knew. The Oracle <laughs> called it from well into that year. I didn't say I disagreed. I was just, I was just wondering because, yeah, there was a bit of a change towards the end. But ended up getting back status Justin McInerney. Yes. That is. So, uh, yeah. You want to talk about this? Well, yeah, I can. Uh, average 69.5 in the end of the, sorry, for the whole season. Uh, average 79.8 in the last five, including two tons. Just really got busy uh, then. And we flagged it multiple times. Honestly, can't believe they didn't give it to him last year or 2021. But uh, look, I think his back half of last year was just really, really positive. Um, they like to look like, it looks sorry. They like the ball in his hands as a distributor of that half-back line, and I think he can be around that 80 average for the season, if not more. Um, I don't know if he's got like a huge, huge, huge ceiling in him, but I reckon he's going to be one of those blokes who, you know, could be a back, back for the next five years and just maybe average somewhere between 80 and 90, but never really cost you a game in terms of, you know, 50s and that kind of crap. Yeah, I just... I just really like him as a player. Like, but I don't, he's not going to be like yeah. Lucky Whitfield or you know, no, no, Royal. Yeah, I don't, th- no. I don't think so as well. But he's just a player I like to own because I just yeah. like watching him play. Yeah, <laughs> so, time. like, he's just one of those kind of players for me. So, yeah, but I think, like, yeah, he's definitely got an eighty potential in him, and that's going to be handy as a defender. I so, think so. It's yeah. just going to be interesting to see what happens with like Blakey back there, and yeah, um, you know, obviously Jake Lloyd takes a shit ton of ball off those guys. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Sydney, Sydney are a bit of a raffle in terms of who's going to go big. Who's the other one that always scores well when one of Lloyd and Dawson's out? Harry Cunningham. Cunningham. Yeah, so that's it's just going to be interesting to see what happens to him as well. Mm. Um, we'll talk about Connor Nash. Now, technically, he's added centre, so that's a bit boring. Who cares? But You just like Connor Nash. The thing is, well, the thing is, like, he didn't yeah, didn't lose the forward status, which he never really was going to because he only played the last, I think, four or five games in the midfield. But the issue with him, and there's a lot of talking points about him because I think people were worried about him losing forward status. But they, they're all, everyone's saying, like, yes, he's going to play midfield again this year. He's going to be awesome because he was a huge fantasy scorer towards the end of last season or just a really handy forward to have on the cheap, especially in the classic formats and things like that. But the thing is, Clarko's gone. Mm-hmm. So every time there's a coach change, you've got to be sceptical with these mm-hmm. kind of role changes that yep. happen under the old coach when a new coach comes in. So anyway... I just we just don't know what's going to happen at Hawthorne under Sam Mitchell. So there's going to be players that go super high on him, and it's the kind of punt you're going to have to take to probably get him. Yeah. But it could go either way. So um, they've drafted a couple mids that I think they're probably pretty keen to give a go because I think they they firmly believe they're in a rebuilding phase, mm-hmm. and they're probably happy to play a few of their um, young midfielders that they've drafted. I think this year, so that's probably going to cause a few issues there. I can see Wingard becoming a full time mid if he's fully fit as well. I can see them just running through there. You know, he's one of the senior players in there. He's probably one of the better midfield options that they've got in probably a, a weaker talent pool. There are some some good midfielders in there. But um, yeah, so then you like, if you're talking about those good midfielders, you've got Mitchell, Warple, Amira. Um, you know, Mitchell's obviously Brownlow medalist, but there can be some question about how effective or how in, how much impact he has. Then you've got Warple, he can go missing. Amira can go missing. Phillips can go missing. Shields is getting on and Newcomb's just a new kid on the block. Mm. So there is a potential there for him to kind of squeeze into that midfield uh, somewhere. But I just, it's just a tough, I still think it's just a tough one to crack because there's just so many options in there. But then, yeah, like I said before, new coach, um, you just can't trust it. We'll go back to looking at McDonald from North Melbourne last year. Um, had that cushy roll on a reshore. David Noble comes in, completely gone. Yeah. So it could be a similar scenario. So I'm oh. just saying draft with caution, that's all. Yeah, new coach can giveth and can taketh. Absolutely. Uh, Stephen Canelio has gained forward Hashtag status. B2P. Back to pod. Stephen Canelio. <laughs> when you average 59. Yes, that's, that's what happens. back to pod status. Uh, what do you have? Last five, average 28. Yep. And only managed to put together 56 and 74 in the two finals. Now, um, 
Interesting. I wonder if he didn't have four status, whether most coaches would keep the faith. I assume you would because, what, 2018, he averaged 110, 2019, 103, yeah, 2020, 97.5 adjusted. So, obviously, you would have backed him in, but hell, um, having four status eases the blow of a horrendous 2021, sorry, I should say. But, look, I'm just thinking he might be a real steal in some startup drafts. Like, are people, do people have that bad a taste in their mouth with Stephen Canelo that – they just don't have any faith or we're just going to see that forwards just so scarce that he's going to go a lot higher. I could see it going either way. Oh, I can see him going I can see him going lower than he would have last year, mm. but higher than he would have been if he was a mid-only. Yeah. That's for sure. It <laughs> definitely bumps him up a few rounds. If he was a mid-only, he might have been one of the bargain buyers of the year. Yeah, exactly. Like if, no, if, oh, if I was in a redraft, because I kind of prioritise forwards and things because they're so scarce, mm. I'd be tempted to go kind of early on him. You take the punt. I'd... I'd Round three, round four. No, no, I know that's high. Oh, God. I know that's high, but that's what I do. And I tend to go okay in the redraft leagues because people kind of neglect the forward options and they, they, those forwards are going to get snapped up so quick. Forwards are so light on this year. Yeah, exactly. So I know it sounds super high. I, I acknowledge that. But sometimes you've got to make those calls and those forwards because, yeah, like people draft mid, 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 and then they're going, they're picking forwards average 50 after that. And, you know, mm. the other, the, top team in the league has a forward that averages you know 105 106 mm. that type of thing and there's just a huge deficit between your top forward and their fo- top forward there's a 50 point gap there right there yes you can make it up in midfield but I don't know sometimes it can just get there well for me Tim Taranto is going to be top 5 picks this year yeah he'd have to be as yeah. a forward status yeah, yeah. for sure yeah absolutely your boy Dan Rioli. Yeah, so I like him a lot more. He has gained back status. So I think he may have got it in one of the formats last year. I can't remember which one. I think – no, maybe not. But anyway, um, he's added uh, back status this season. So he's a back forward. So that's actually super handy because they just kept the forward status as well because he scores a lot better in defense, but you probably want someone you can play forward. And we talk, we're talk. we always talking about how scarce forwards are. So he averaged 78.4 from his last five in 2021 playing off the half-back line. So if you had that in your forward line, you'd be – Pretty damn happy. Actually, he's a grand final player in one of my dynasty leagues because I had Green and someone else that got injured in the last round. Mm. Um, yeah, they couldn't uh, play my forward line, so I had Rioli, and he was actually really serviceable. So, yeah, I just see that halfback role continuing because I think he's the most effective there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I like it. I think an average of 70. I'm not going to go super high, but I think in the average in the 70s is possible for him. Especially and, in your D5. Yeah, yeah, and as a forward, you'd take that. Just D5, mm. uh, or B5, F5. F5. F5, yeah. F5, yeah. F4, F4 probably, even, yeah, with yeah. The, yeah, especially with the scarcity. So, yeah, you'd take that from there, I think. So, what do you think? Um, yeah, I'm keen on him. I think he's going to, if he plays the half back, it's like the best thing in the whole entire world. Yeah. Because that's where he's going to score um, and he's going to be a forward for you. Kind of like what, I don't know, Nick Hind or someone was doing last year, Jarman Impey. Yeah. You know, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I reckon the next guy could be similar, Tim O'Brien. So uh, really? he's got back forward status. Yes. Look, he, he averaged fifty-seven point nine last year. Was <laughs> shit, yes, but came home really hot. Averaged seventy-five point four, including a ton, ton. Sorry. Look, he could be a starting player, and at worst, be a very, very good flexible bench cover option because the dogs have brought him across. They've lost um, Young and Wood, so they need someone to play centre half back, basically. Yeah, but does, does anyone need a maybe seventy-five averaging defender Forward? at best? Oh, maybe it's forward actually. Do you need a seventy-five averaging forward? Yes, you At do. Best, like he's going to play the key defensive That's role. Like isn't top he? twenty-five. He'll play a key defensive role, right? Interesting. Let's well, go I'm, through. It. He's going to slide, and I'm going to pick him up, and it's going to be After tasty. The pod, I'll look at all the key defenders in the league, and we'll see what the best one averaged. And he'd have to. 
better than that. It's not going to be high. So let's wait and see. But I just yeah, as a forward, he's got forward status. Yeah, I know. Even 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 so, like it's not going to be as high as many of the forwards. I don't I'm going to draft him, and I'm going to laugh all year at you. Anyway, another Dow. Another Dow makes the pod this time for a different reason. So Thompson Dow mm. uh, gains f- uh, forward status this season, so. which is handy, I think. Yeah, look, he averaged 45 oh. last year. New Dow on the block, uh, 59.7. Outscored his brother. Um, look, I'm actually quite keen on drafting him late. Um, not a keeper, obviously, but the free swing of the centre forward status. Um, I love that. And what's he, year two or three into his career now? So I like the flexibility of the centre forward status, obviously, but did have a 73 in the back half of last year. Are the Tigers starting to play some kids in that midfield? If so, I think he's around the mark. I think um, Dima might have even said he's, you know, training well or all that. I don't know, everyone's training well in December, <laughs> but... Yes, um, correct. But um, look, I think there's some upside there. Look, you could get him probably your last round of your draft or something like that or, or very late, but um, definitely worth a look with the, the DPP. All right, guys, who is last on the list? Last on the list, I don't know, you put him on the dock. But I did. Luke Pedler averaged 33. Yes, he's gained forward status, but yep. doesn't really excite me that much. The only reason I've chucked him there is just as an underage scorer in the San Fernando 18s, he averaged 101.5. So now he's been given forward status. If he can get- a, Is he going to get a game? Yeah, that's the other thing. Like if he can get a consistent game, like for me, he's a stash option. But if he can get a game and, you know, get into the midfield, he can score okay. Well, sorry, he's got the potential to score okay just given what we saw at junior level. So that's the only thing. The only reason I've got him there, when you've got somebody averages, you know, a big hundred in a in a tough year, I guess. And it wasn't like the um, wasn't like the Napoli guys where they're playing. They actually played mm. like last year. So yeah. um, I've just got him there just because he was a good underage scorer. Listed as a four status, I reckon he's one you take in the last round and hope for the best. So you're taking Luke and I'm taking Thompson. Sure, let's okay. do that if we can get that. All our league's probably listening. They'll probably take them now to spite us and we'll say suckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, now we're going to go into players that have changed positions. So not added or gained DPP, but they've actually changed com- positions completely. Mm-hmm. Could screw a few people. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll talk about the first one. That's um, Ben McAvoy. So he was a back ruck last year. He's always going to be ruck, but he's gone to ruck forward mm. this year. So he's changed from the back to the forward. Again, we keep talking about how hard it is to find forwards this year. Um, Kays, what do you think of that one? I love it. Yeah. Uh, averaged 80 last year. Um, super, super handy change for him that owns him. Because I think as a back ruck, you had to play him as a ruck because the backs usually score all right. So he was you know, probably a D5, maybe D4. Yeah. But- Potentially was always a starting ruck, whereas now if you can have someone else in and whether that's what the role happens with Reeves or Lynch there, we see we know no Seglers there, so that's one experience ruck went out. So yep. does McAvoy play mainly ruck and, you know, scores awesome as a forward or do we see him actually spend a bit of time up forward and, and you see like someone like Reeves and, and Lynch, or Lynch come in and play a dominant, you know, genuine ruck role? Yeah. I think they could both score in tandem too if, if that happens. Yeah, it's, it's, this is kind of like a real world scenario in one of my leagues. So um, McAvoy was someone I was pretty keen to chuck on the trade block because um, there's a guy in our league who actually owned Reeves and he was someone I was thinking I might try to get off him um, to actually, you know, so I've got the backup ruck of the future coming through. Mm. But then I've also got Segler at Geelong. So I'm my team's definitely in the window. So my thinking was I'll just get Reece Stanley, mm. I'll get a Sabre Radical there, I'll just have the handcuffs there if I need them. Mm. But now given this forward status, that's just changed my trading tactics mm. completely. So I'm going to keep McAvoy now and probably try to play Segler in the ruck at Geelong. So mm. um, yeah, it's just like, it's just interesting how you can, you know, one minute you've got this player that you're ready to let go of, um, you think mm-hmm. he's getting towards the end and then they have a position change and completely changes. <laughs> changes their perspective, changes perspective. Mm. Uh, let's move on to Will Hoskin Elliott. So he's gone from a forward 
forward to centre. Only averaged 71.9 last year, so that's pretty gross as a midfielder. Mm. He's only ever valuable as a forward, isn't he? When he gets yep. those years where his forward status, that's when he's valuable. Yeah. When he's not. Because he's, he's an F4, F5. Yeah. There is yep. a chance he gets forward status back because he always gets it every second year. But mm. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just ready to look elsewhere with him, that's all. I just don't want to waste time. Agreed. What about Harry Morrison? So he's gone mm. from a back centre to a centre forward. Mm. Um, now that he's a forward case and forwards are scarce, are you back on board this guy? I used to love him three years ago. I did. He uh, was, and he was pretty handy last year at He times. was your old Ben Keys. Uh, yeah, but then, you know, you know that Ben <laughs> just took off under my tutelage. Um, what about Harry Morrison? On uh, interstate relationships don't really work I out. I think you just, you weren't as, you know, you weren't as passionate. You, you weren't as experienced yet. You know, you got third years Harry into Morrison podcasting. was my Damon Greaves. <laughs> yeah. We all have them. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Potentially. Look, yeah, with the Hawthorne list at the moment, I really want to see some, like someone like Dylan Moore for me, I've got him on my my, my side as a forward, but like he was averaging low 70s. I'm not talking, but like, does Sam Mitchell love him? Does Sam Mitchell love Harry Morrison? Like these guys have been around that box he was set up for ages. Like, is he going to give guys that you may not see coming a bit more of a, an opportunity or is it just like, nah, I'm happy to play that? the genuine rookies or you Newcombs or I want to stick with that. So I just don't, we don't know enough about Hawthorne. Yeah. Um, so I really want to see some preseason games. Sorry. Something made me laugh in the chat. Someone on Facebook's actually asked, um, is Hef wearing pants? Is Hef wearing pants or shorts? Um, yes, I am. They're just like skin colored and short. That's all. But I swear I'm wearing pants. This is a G rated show. It was, yeah, maybe it's PG now. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm definitely, I'm definitely wearing pants for those listening at home. Uh, don't get too excited out there. But uh, anyway, uh, let's move on. Who got next? Connor West. Mate. Connor West. Uh, so he was a centre and he's moved into a forward position uh, this year. Um, so he was a mid-season draftee and he averaged 107 in the waffle beforehand when playing as a sole mid. Mm. Playing the wing in his first AFL game, scored 76. So he actually looked all right and all the classic types jumped on because he was cheap and um, he, he, he did make the money uh, in the end. But he um, only averaged uh, 44 from his the remaining games. Um, after that so yeah, yeah average for a 50 average 50.8 average for the season so um yeah look if he can get some midfield clock he's the type of player that could be handy and the only reason i'm throwing there is just because yeah he's a forward so he's one to look at um he's one i'll look at really really late like yep. last second last last round type thing if he's available just to jump on so you've got a few forwards there if he plays he might be good for a 70 or an 80 here and there if he gets a bit of midfield clock so yeah, yeah. if he can yeah that's it uh, this one really threw me. Braden Campbell went from a centre forward to a back only. So, uh, 2021 average of 52.5. Uh, last five only averaged 39.5. Now, apart from his 96 in round two, we, he didn't really score probably what we thought Campbell was going to. He was drafted pretty high in most uh, keeper leagues. Um, so, maybe a bit let down and I think, you know, people were probably hoping that he'd keep that forward status to make him keepable again. Um, I suppose with back status, he can be retainable, but... For me, I reckon there's better back options around and I'd probably chase, you know, someone else in that Sydney side, I think. But yeah, interesting one. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, I think he's still a bit green. That's yeah. all. Needs another year or two before his fans are relevant. Definitely someone to stash. Definitely stash. Yeah, if you're playing deep legs, you're not getting rid of him. But yeah, if you're contending for a flag, you're probably looking elsewhere. Mm. One of my boys, Nick Blakey. Yeah. So he went from centre forward um, to a backman now. So what do you think? Oh, there's no surprises there. Yeah, he played that. Well, the thing is like... No, nah, he, he was not play. a forward. Yeah, he didn't play any forward last year, did he? I no. was just thinking, like, he only played back for like six weeks max. And there's people that played more positions and didn't get like changes. You know what I mean? Mm. But it was it, it makes sense that it happened for sure. Mm. Yeah. Do you think he's going to be a, a fantasy score? Potentially, I think he will have games. What can he put he'll up? Get off what the can he average? Chain. What can he? 
So he averaged 69 in his last five. Oh, I was thinking 70. Like yeah, I think case. he's 75er. Yeah. Maybe. As a defender, it's just I feel like everyone's got good defenders. They do, and that's where he's lost value. Same yeah. as like Campbell. Campbell goes yeah. from being potentially stashed because he's got the centre forward to most people having decent backs that it's just like, eh, I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah, exactly. Like he's got on my list. I'll look at him as a keeper. My back one's pretty strong though. It's probably yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. You might be able to trade him for someone. Yeah, maybe, if anyone's that keen. Uh, if you're my league mates listening, come at me with trade offers, please. Uh, let's move on to Tanner Bruin. So uh, he's gone from centre to a forward. Just another one I think is interesting. Um, only averaged 37.7 last year. But um, I think just being listed as a forward, he's handy because he looked a fantasy type in the preseason last year. Didn't show a lot in the actual season, obviously. But um, we expect him to play midfield, I think, a bit more last season. Obviously, he plays a forward to get his forward status. Um, he's just a player I think you want to stash for that year. He transitions into GWS's midfield. It might be a couple years away mm. but if you can stash a player like them in your dynasty leagues um, I think he could you could be good in that transition year as a forward so I mm. think you've got to stash a player like that if you can like only for dynasty I'll be thinking about it but not yeah. for me but you yeah. can have him okay this is the guy I might be the most excited about with position changes this year Trent Bianco yep uh, back sorry back mid to last forward year. only yep uh, now we know how scarce forwards are so he averaged 61.2 last year last five of 63 so he had seven of his 11 games he played last year with 60 pluses, which is pretty good. Comes into his third year breakout. Was a big fantasy scorer at underage level. Yep. Um, so he's on my hit list for sure. Like yeah. if, if I owned him, I'd be keeping him purely off the, the position change. Yeah. And he's someone I'm super keen on getting on to my side. Yeah, he's, he's got the uh, he's got um, definitely got the potential to be a fantasy scorer. Just going those uh, underage numbers, but he did show glimpses last year that he can go big as well. Mm. So did he have? Did he? He had one huge game, didn't he? And I think he turned up from yeah. memory. But yeah. look, I think yeah, he's one that I want. How early are you going to go in? Uh, will he go back into the pool? I don't know. Who owns him actually? I don't know if if we're I don't know, four or five, around four or five. Okay. Zanks has uh, joined the chat. He's been on the podcast a few times, filling in for you, uh, saying he's ready to talk trades. Uh, so join oh. the chat. So. <laughs> he's in our league. Zanks so. trading is like, yeah. I'll give you, um, you know, like Harry Morrison for uh, Jack McRae and, you know, Luke Jackson. Anyway, so like he's the worst I don't trader. want to talk with Zanks about trades right now. Well, let's move on to the listener questions. All right, on to the listener questions. Uh, first one comes from at Russ2468. Kays, do you want to read that one out? Sure. Uh, do you see much changing in Laddam's role slash scoring next season? And is he best 22? I think like Port, his high scores will come when he's the number one ruck, I'd say. And he's just got a 2G for P let's question. Just, let's just answer that one okay, first because every time we read the two parts, I always forget one of them. Okay. So let's just go easy on my brain and probably listeners' brains as well. <laughs> um, Laddam's. Laddams. Uh yeah, I think he uh, – I actually saw him out and about in town the other week. Is he the number one right now at Sydney? I don't think he is. Okay. He, uh, Hickey, I think, was too good last year. I think he remains. But, uh, yeah, um, I saw uh, I saw Laddams at the Cumbie, um, in a notorious Adelaide pub for partying, and he was looking like he was having a pretty, pretty good off-season, that's good. for sure. Shredded, um, man. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> um, but uh, also, um, he – let, he was in Adelaide like up until like so for so long. Like he didn't mm. actually leave for Sydney. So I just I'm skeptical about his commitment. I don't probably know, wasn't I, due due there. I know, but it probably just, just started today. Like I feel like he just didn't want to be traded. 
And then he was took as long as he could to leave Adelaide. I'm just questioning his commitment. That's just a red. I own him. Like I don't want him to be good. I just see that it's a bit of red. You, flag you're actually making a lot of hot takes tonight. Well, yeah, and I, I'm probably I'm probably saying things that I shouldn't. Or it's not going to get back to me. I'm just having my opinion. But just things I've seen and impressions I get of seeing him around town and stuff. I don't know how seriously he takes his footy. That's all. Hope he comes at me. Get on the podcast, argue with me. <laughs> I think um, he's got bigger so, fish to fry. Yeah, so I think um, – oh, and he was one of the players that got done for the COVID breaches for partying like last year, having people around when he shouldn't and stuff like that. I, th- I just see a few warning signs there with him. That's all. You know, like uh, just one of those players that might have a few off-field issues that might just cost just cost him a few games here and there. It's going to hurt you fantasy-wise. That's all I say. Um, you, ca- you've, you own him. Yeah, I'm going to keep him because he's my second best forward. Essentially, I've got Jed Anderson, then him, and then not a lot after that. Mm. So I'm probably going to keep him because um, I've not much else there. And when, he, and when he does get a number one ruck role, he'll score well, but I just don't think he's got that number one ruck role. I think they want him to play a ruck forward role because we saw them rotate McLean. We saw them rotate Marty in those mm. same positions. And I think they want a good ruck forward mm-hmm. or a ruck forward. And I think they like a Marty party. Yeah, exactly. Sure so I and I, like, so I'm not even sure if he's ahead of him. Like, no, you have to be. Just because they traded for him. But in terms of actual potential and talent, I'm not really sure. So, yeah, I'm not huge on Laddams, but I'm probably going to keep him anyway. Next question from uh, Russ. 2G4P, he wants you to rank the following DPP forwards in terms of most likely midfield time. So, Stephen oh. Cornelio, Tim Taranto, Adam Trelaw, and Josh Dunkley. Oh, sorry. I actually did a bit of a pre-rank, but I didn't actually read most likely midfield time. Um, Taranto, actually, for me, gets the most midfield time. Yeah, I think so too. So, I thought he was going to be the best and his score would be just because Dunkley started so well last year and then got injured and then he was only shit after he got injured. I thought Dunkley might be the best fantasy scorer. But yeah, I, I might swap that around. So, I'll probably go Taranto, Trelaw, Cornelio Dunkley as terms of midfield time. It's hard. They'll get pretty similar. What do you think? Uh, I think Taranto is the one you want. Um, yeah, but in terms of midfield time, though, who gets I the think Taranto is still midfield time. I but think he was, so, he was but, so stuck up forward at the other. But Trelaw's got to play in their midfield because he doesn't really have any other string to his bow. Yeah, well, obviously he must have done thirty-five. Maybe Dunkley and Cornelio. I think Cornelio will play a bit of forward. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. They will all be pretty similar, I think. Oh, except Taranto probably has the most out of those. But yeah, I think between Dunkley, Trelaw, and Cornelio, it's pretty hard to split who has the most midfield time out of those. Because Dunkley's just super effective in the midfield as well. Mm. It's just that midfield role so deep. Mm. It's a tricky one, but yeah, hopefully that answers the best. Um, Chiodo5 is not even asking a question, but he's saying, by fuck, I hope that UF gives Marshall Ruck 4 status, unlike fantasy. So there's a comment in the chat as well. They're saying it's the worst um, worst fantasy uh, decision going around. Yeah, Kaze has just walked away from the microphone. I'm not about sure. to sneeze. You can you can sneeze in here, mate. No, no. one's going to judge you. They're going to judge me. You don't have COVID, do? No. Okay. Just got hay fever. But apart from that, that's fine. I had no idea what was going on. I thought we were just about to leave. <laughs> I thought I offended you. <laughs> anyway, uh, next question. Um, DJ for Brooks, uh, what's the go with Daniel Howe, both as a DPP option? Will he game, get a game on a Mitchell? Well, he's not DPP. We talked about that. I think he's still in the mix, son of Mitchell, but. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't. I'm not keeping him. Nah. And um, yeah, I think Hawthorne, are, any of the new teams with new coaches, I think Hawthorne especially, Collingwood especially, I just need to see them play. Yep. Pre-season before I make any super hot calls, I think. And hopefully we get more than one game out of that mm. too. Uh, at Ninja Spoon 1, doesn't have a question either. Just want to say thanks for the content. Uh, you're very welcome. Anytime. Uh, Ninja Spoon, definitely welcome. Um, okay, at 
Sandgroper19, what's he asking, Kay? I see Jordan Clark and Lockie Hunter as contenders, but who do you think may pick up a reclass early in 2022? Um, all right, so the ones I had before was uh, yeah, Dacos, I thought, before Josh Dacos, that is. I thought Lockie Scholl as well. There was one more. Oh, yeah, and um, Jordan Clark as well. I think he will play in defence, according to Lockie Hunter comments. ruined me. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's getting that force. No, I don't somehow. think he is either. He's very lucky to get it in the first place, I think. Yeah, I know. Um, at AJS Hawker, thoughts on McInerney as a defender mid? Uh, do you see a bump in scoring when Dawson's gone? I think we've covered that one mm-hmm. as well. Um, at Chad Leverington, it's uh, how is Horn Francis not a forward mid? You watched a lot of him this year. Mm. so Yeah, it's a bit uh, crazy, isn't it? Ridiculously crazy. You're speechless. Like, you couldn't even speak to like- him. <sighs> From a fantasy point of view, which is I'm assuming why they rank all these players, like you can't just have no forwards, like especially with the new copper kids coming in. Like you saw what was going on with, you know, like Schoenberg or, you know, everyone had, you know, Nick Cox had back forward DPP and like all this other shit. And like you can't even give someone like Horn Francis who kicked a heap of goals in Sandful forward status. I don't know. It just doesn't seem right. Yeah. Uh, next question, Case. Uh, Henry Katz. So, UF usually gives us a few bonus DPPs. So, he wants some data-led ones, which obviously you've just delivered there, Hef. And he wants a few remedy kombucha gut feels from the Oracle. So, yeah, I haven't even thought about that. I didn't even see this question. So, I'm going to go with your late. gut feels here. My uh, gut feels. Okay. My gut feels. So, uh, John O'Segler lost his ruck forward status. He's only ruck only, which is big. But I see him going to the Cats. Um, I think Stanley will still basically be number one. They're going to play those two in tandem. I reckon Big Segsy will get his forward status back. So yep. he's going to be very handy. So keep the faith of Segs. As you said before, Lockie Shoal gets his back status back. I just think with Dorso and Seed on that wing, he's got to play somewhere and it'll be in defence. But I reckon we're going to see two to three of the following players, Pendlebury, Mundy, and Cochin. Oh, I really like those gut feels. To get DPP throughout the season. I reckon Pendles can sneak a defender DPP. Wouldn't surprise me if Mundy 400 gets a forward status. Yep. I reckon they're going to have to transition out that midfield to play some of these, you know, give these kids some genuine time in there. And I reckon Cochin's just lost a bit of touch as a pure mid. I reckon he might kind of go up forward and be a bit of a crafty half forward flanker. So I reckon they're my three. You know, we always see those older guys kind of regress a bit in their fantasy careers, but do tend to pick up some um, DPPs. Just one last one that's come through on the chat. Mm. Uh, from on Facebook doesn't actually have a name but uh, he reckons anyway, will James Harms go close to getting forward status oh good question so he lost the defender status last year yep um, he's playing pretty well in the midfield he play, plays those kind of like taggy, taggy he, he runs through yeah, Look, yeah, so. potentially like <laughs> depends where he plays when he's not you know playing those kind of uh, lockdown roles I think mm. yeah and like when, where they start kind of thing when they rotate as well mm. so when you get um, uh, who, who's the St Kilda player that came in I'm just having blanks all night to Melbourne side. Um, who's a good fantasy scorer, Dunstan. Mm. Um, came through. That took me oh, so yeah. long to get. I forgot he went um, there. Yes. So that could cause some kind of rotate. If he comes in, that could, could cause some sort of rotation through mm. somewhere. You might see him start in different positions, and that's generally how the DPP, well, in fantasy anyway, mm. uh, is given. Um, so you could see some kind of yeah, some changes there if they do have a few different starting positions, mm. but you're speculating still whether he gets a game or not each week yeah. and stuff like that. So not 100% sure on that one. To me, he looks pretty midfieldery to me at the moment mm-hmm. but we'll have to wait and see with a few different people coming in out of the side uh anyways case that is a wrap of the podcast um did we talk about remedy kombucha at the top i can't remember i mentioned some, yeah you didn't give me any yeah oh, sorry i didn't give you anything to i'm so uh, thirsty yeah anyways i'll put the uh 
Remedy logo on the screen. So if my gut feels aren't right, you can blame Hef for them not being full with Remedy. That's correct. I'm sorry about that. But uh, yeah, I must have skipped past it. And we did have actually... Oh, no, that's right. We talked about it because I, f- I forgot where I put the Remedy kombuchas. Yes. Oh, they're somewhere in the house. I'm going to go find them. They're going to be warm. Seriously, your so, brain is mate, frazzled today. Like I said, I've been up since 4.30 and been in the sun all day. I'm ready to go to bed. But anyway, uh, thanks for listening to this podcast. Uh, get us around us on our socials, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, also, if you are keen to sign up as a member, we've already got the bonus resources flowing. We've got mm-hmm. the uh, Drafty Analysis Guide. Um, it's a, what, 30-page PDF with analysis. So of- good every draftee in the competition um, and then we also have our top 12 uh, fantasy draftees um, bonus mini episode there so yeah Casey look at your something to say. Oh, when are we back when are we back I think we're back mid to early January early Jan yeah, I, think I think around think January so 10th the schedule is so far mm-hmm. so we'll be back next year looking at uh, the Crows Brisbane and Carlton on that podcast so yeah um, I think that wraps up Casey unless you've got anything else nope All right, no worries. Uh, Thanks for listening and we will talk to you very, very soon in the new year. Have a great Christmas and all that. See you later, people. Bye.